When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes. Long Cat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 24. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Magenta, and you... Go on. Bernard. Bernard, there we are. So, we're on chapter 20 of my wonderful book, Magenta is the Warmest Colour. Um, so, we're, but we're going to do a little bit of chapter 19 because the beginning of chapter 20 doesn't make a lot of sense otherwise. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Is we'll, that we'll... all right? And apologies, I've just had a tracker bar, so my mouth is all claggy. So you might you might hear a bit of that. <laughs> Give him a little treat. Yes. So do, do the last line, Bernard. It's over. It's over. Bernard coos into my neck as we cling to each other. It's definitely over. It's... It's, it's it's definitely over. Yes. Chapter 20. Of course it's not over! We haven't even broken off from the hug before bloody Derek apparates behind Bernard. Bernard senses me tensing up. It's not over, is it? He sighs, breaking away from me. Honestly, I think Bernard might be a bit psychic. No, I sigh. Derek just apparated behind you. What do you want, Derek? Why are you back? Derek doesn't look happy, but he does look fairly solid again. Just as solid as when he first apparated three days ago, in fact. The painting couldn't be worth as much as I thought, Derek shouts, wringing his hands. It's only given me a tiny bit of juice. You know what that means, don't you? He says urgently. I can guess. The rings must be the valuable items. It's the rings that are worth five million, not the painting. (sighs) Great. I'd completely forgotten about the rings. They were so crap-looking, I just dismissed them, Derek continues. Magenta, you have to go back to the ugly animal place and hand them over. We have to do it soon. The painting gave me just enough energy to get back here in this form, but I only have a few hours. But that should be enough, eh? Plenty of time to give the rings to charity. I decide to explain this to Bernard first. I think he deserves it. We just gave them to Sheikh Fazir. Bernard exclaims in exasperation, running a hand through his thick hair. You did what? Who the hell is Sheikh Fazir? Hang on. Sheikh Fazir? But he's dead, Derek shrieks. I start to explain what just happened, interrupted by both Derek and Bernard as they fire questions at me. I feel like a translator for a couple of bickering diplomats. I myself am fairly calm. I think one can only run on adrenaline for so long until one finally reaches a state of acceptance and flow. 
I imagine this is what top athletes and the Dalai Lama feels like. We have to get them back, Derek cries. First of all, I say, zen-like, ticking off the problems on my fingers, we don't know where the Sheikh's gone. Secondly, what am I supposed to do if I somehow find out where he is? Mug him? And let's say I do get the rings back. It comes straight after me. So how do you propose we do this, Derek? Because I'm plumb out of ideas. There's a short silence as Derek paces. I think he's heading to the airport. Bernard exclaims. When we were chatting in the living room, well, trying to chat, he wasn't the most forthcoming of fellows. Anyway, he told me he'd come straight from Heathrow. There was a taxi still outside while we talked in the living room. That sounds feasible, I say. Just that second comes the sound of the front door opening. <gasps> we all stiffen. Maybe Fazir forgot something. But what do we do? Cosh him over the head with a gargoyle and take the rings back? Bury him in the garden next to last year's goldfish attempt? It's me, Lindsay calls and walks into the kitchen. She inadvertently passes through Derek, which brings her to an abrupt halt. She shudders. Uh, I got the milk, she manages, pulling her fleece tight to her body. God, it's cold in here. She puts the milk down on the kitchen table and notices the atmosphere. What's wrong, she demands, glaring at me and her father. Nothing, I say. She frowns. Has that weird bloke left? He's left, I say, but Lindsay, darling, we're in the middle of something. Do you mind going upstairs? Oh, God, are you arguing again? What's going on, she says angrily, hands on generous hips. She's got my shape, lucky girl. The facade of womanhood is thin, however. Her bottom lip trembles and she suddenly looks about ten years old. Why aren't you telling me anything? I live here too, you know. Are you guys splitting up? No, darling, not at all. Come here, silly. Bernard goes to hug her. She accepts the embrace, to my surprise. She hasn't done that in a while. We were just discussing... Money, I say, before he can mention sex again. I don't want to traumatise her. There's nothing to worry about, I say, seeing her frown again. We're not in any trouble. It's just very boring, and we do need to concentrate. So if you wouldn't mind, darling. Lindsay's lip turns from trembly to sulky, thank God. Fine, I'll just get out of everyone's way then, she declares, and stomps upstairs. I turn my attention to Derek. Well, what next? We need to go to Heathrow, he says. And do what? He's got the rings around his neck. How the hell do we get them off him? We have to do something. We're wasting time just standing here. Bernard pulls a set of car keys from his pocket. Come on, he says. We can think what to do on the way. The end. Goodness, That's the I, end of the chapter. I, I'm getting rather forceful there, aren't I? Yes, yes. Forced to be reckoned with, You're old coming Bernard. coming into your own. Old Bernie, he's not just a pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, coming through at the 11th hour yes, with yes. his pretty face. Should we, should we do another one? Oh, yes, I suppose. Another, another, another little chapter, yes, Chapter yes. 21! And this chapter's got an exclamation mark because it's all getting very exciting. <gasps> Race to the airport. That's always my favourite bit of a film. Normally it's a rom-com, though, isn't it? Yes, yes. I don't think we'll be snogging for Zia. No. Here we go. Musical flourish. Terminal 3 serves the Middle East. Bernard is saying he's been there on business a few times. His hands grip the steering wheel as he navigates manfully but carefully through traffic. Oh, I love his driving. I can't even begin to tell you what his reverse parking does to me. Derek hovers above the back seat, leaning his head and torso in between Bernard and I in the front. The ghostly X creating an invisible barrier. But not for much longer, I hope. 
What are we going to do when we get there, then? I say, the strain making my voice crack. My athletic llamazin seems to have disappeared. I'm not powerful anymore. The magic ran out. What are you talking about? Bernard asks. And I realize I haven't even told him what happened in Switzerland and what I've been capable of these last three days. In fact, after the first flurry of texts, I ignored most of his messages because everything became too complicated to explain. And too thrilling, to be honest. What do you say in a text? Will Texlita in Swiss Vault at Mo, posing as dead first husband, lol, be exciting XXX? So I tell him. By the time I'm through, having explained the Keanu illusion, and then the discovery that I could project a time period as well as a personal cloak, and then the Swiss vault experience, not to mention the bit about angels and fortune-telling, we're pulling into the departure's car park at Heathrow. We still don't have a plan. Bernard is looking up the departure times on his phone. I reckon he's getting the 2400 to Saudi. Sorry, I just cleared my throat. Do you want to do that again? I reckon <coughs> you did it again. Sorry, Bernard, go on. Do it again. <coughs> I, I reckon... Have you finished I've got, it? I think I've got a peanut in my... No, go on. I reckon he's getting the 2400 hours to Saudi. Bernard says. What if he's already checked in, I say? Then we'll have to buy a ticket and go through to the departure lounge. Bernard states calmly. My passport's still in my bag from the Switzerland trip, I say. Bernard's face drops, and I realise he wouldn't have thought to bring his. It looks like this might be a solo mission again. Well, maybe we won't have to buy a ticket. Let's cross that bridge when we come to it, he says. Perhaps Fazir hasn't checked in yet. We get out of the car and rush across the car park and into the airport, locating a departure board as soon as we're through the swishy doors. We need to go to check-in area B, Bernard reads. We hurry across the concourse, the airport huge and cavernous and the distances painfully long. My breath comes in ragged gasps that tear at my throat as my feet pound the floor. A stitch rips through my side, but I struggle onwards through waves of pain, rivers of lactic acid flowing through my muscles in an unholy symphony of agony. Although, to be honest, it takes all of 30 seconds to get to Area B. I'm just a bit unfit. I lean on Bernard heavily for support while I scan the check-in desks of B. Only two of the desks even appear to be open, and at one of them I spy a white-robed man handing over his passport for inspection. Fazir! Or, or not. The queue behind the white-robed figure consists of about 20 white-robed figures. That's not racist, is it, Bernard? Because in Saudi, all the men dress in, in uh, fairly uniform. Yes, that's right. Yes, good. I'm glad we got that cleared up. For all I know, this could be a bridal convention. Which one is Fazir, I wail. He's over there, cries Derek in an oddly distant voice. I can see him. Derek, I say, but I can't see where he's gone. I can only hear him. Look, over there, he shrieks invisibly. Bernard, I say, turning to my husband, my alive husband. Derek says he's found Fazir, but I don't know where Derek is. Well, I can't help. I can't ruddy see him, can I? Says Bernard, in an uncharacteristic show of frustration. Good point, I say, before spinning round and bellowing, Derek, where the hell are you? Several people look around. I ignore them. Up here, the voice cries, and I look upwards to the high ceiling. Derek is hovering about 40 feet off the ground, directly above, giving him a bird's eye view of the airport. He points 60 yards hence towards the doors into the departure lounge, where people are queuing to scan their ticket at a row of barriers. That one there, Derek cries, and he sort of hover flies through the air towards the barriers, like a ghoul in a Chinese fable. 
In seconds, he reaches a berobed man, placing his boarding pass on the self-scanner. Derek swoops down and passes through the man's body in an attempt to halt him. I can see the man shudder even from this distance, but the scanner light turns green, the barrier opens, and he walks through. Or, and him walk through, as I put on the here. Uh, this box him is... Him walk through? Him walk through? This is I mean, absolutely riddled with typing. How did this get past the editors? Well, it's almost as if I didn't employ one, because <laughs> I'm too cheap. The barrier opens and him walk through. <laughs> That's particularly bad, that one, uh, isn't That's it? really awful, isn't yeah. it? How did I not pick up? And, and right in the middle of an exciting bit as well. Well, you were probably getting too excited as that's you were it. writing it. And then uh, that's you it. Forgot to read it. <laughs> uh, attention to detail, that's what it's all about. Shit! screams Derek from the barriers. Was that Fazir? Bernard asks, following my gaze and clocking my hopeless expression. I nod. We can't get to him anymore. He's in the departure lounge. Unless I buy a ticket, of course. Don't do it. Bernard says, turning to me and clutching my upper arms. I don't want you risking yourself, especially as there's no point. There's nothing you can do even if you reach him. Don't listen to him, Derek screams, landing next to us. You have to follow Vizier. We'll think of something. Bernie, I say, placing my hands on his shoulders. He's still holding my arms. We must look like we're about to tango. If I don't get those rings back, then Derek doesn't get his point thingies and... Screw Derek! Bernard shouts. Several airport personnel look round. People are so nosy. Derek bristles. You can tell Bernard that if we don't even try to get those rings back, I'm going to make good on my promise. I will bloody haunt you. Don't think I won't. Oh, yeah, I say, swinging round to face him. And I can get you exorcised. How'd you feel about that? I don't like threatening him, but he's damn well doing it to us. Derek's face abruptly droops. You don't know what that means, Magenta, he whispers in a frightened voice. You wouldn't say that to me if you really knew what that meant. Christ, he looks like he's about to cry. Oh, for Pete's sake, I sigh and turn to Bernard. Darling, I have to at least try, I tell him, stroking his stubbly cheek. For everyone's sake. God, I'm noble. There's a short silence. And then Bernard nods in resignation and pulls me into a hug. I breathe in his scent. Mum deodorant, he's forever running out and borrowing mine, before reluctantly disengaging and heading to the back of the queue. It takes 15 tense minutes to get to the front and buy a ticket. But by the time I kiss Bernard, a temporary goodbye, and head through baggage x-ray, I have formulated a plan. Kidding! I still haven't thought of anything! Shit! The end of the chapter. The end of the chapter. Yeah. Gosh, you're really leaving them on a cliffhanger I now, really aren't you? I really am. No plan, and yet Fazir about to make his getaway, and With we have to stop him in some way. Seconds to escape. Oh, goodness, is exciting, isn't it? Poor, poor old Derek gets condemned to an exorcism or whatever. The, whatever yeah, well, I, don't th I don't think that's an option anymore. No, he's made it quite clear, hasn't he? Yes. Oh, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it, aren't we? There's everything to play for, Absolutely. as they say. Yes. All right. Um, I hope you're all doing well during this awful time in the world. Quite frankly, um, uh, big hugs from me and Bernie. Socially distanced hugs, but nice and big. Yes, and lots of kisses. Goodbye. Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman, with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafar. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. 
That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Magenta Presents, a new horror anthology hosted by me, Madam Magenta. We begin with the five-part miniseries Ghosted, starring Beth Eyre and Lucy Roslin. Perched on a rain-battered cliff edge is a former lighthouse. It's a charming, quirky boutique hotel. Owner and sole occupant Beth has spent months renovating, absorbing its essence into her bones. It's an old building. You'll get used to it. But to Beth's horror, her first guest is a figure from a past she has tried to forget. Kira? Beth? What the fuck? Face to face for the first time in years, the pair must reckon with old mistakes, old grievances. Beth, speak to me. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! And something else. Oh, I can't bear it. What is that noise? Because the lighthouse has a past, too. Beth? He's right there. Why is there blood on your hands? We need to get out of here. Kira! (laughs) Kira! I can still see him! Subscribe to Magenta Presents wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, fans of the esoteric. Bye! (laughs) Magenta Presents.